0: ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either. You are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Oh my God, can you hear a difference in like my speech? I got my braces taken off earlier today and I've got a permanent retainer on the bottom, which is fine. That's not affecting anything, but I have a tray retainer at the top and I feel like I feel like I have a speech impediment. And when I try to, like, say too many words at once, it gets all bubbly with saliva. Like, this is no good. Hold on. Let me take this retainer out. Oh. Sorry about that. Oh, this is much better. I already hate this thing. And I have to wear it, like, 24 hours a day. My orthodontist was like, yeah, like, in January, we can switch to just sleeping in it. But she was like, until such time. Like, you need to wear it unless you're actively eating or drinking. So, like... The same way I wear a mask in public, now I've got a mask and a retainer, I'm not complaining. My teeth look amazing. They look so good, like better than I expected. The braces did what they were supposed to do. My bottom row is no longer fighting an East-West Civil War. The top was pretty okay, but like she tweaked some things and made it really nice. And then she went through and filed my teeth down. They look really good. I sent a picture to one of my friends, my boy bestie. And I was like, see, I got my braces off. And he was like, nigga, you got Hollywood teeth. I was like, I hate the blacks. I hate the blacks. You know I love the blacks. But the blacks are crazy. But I'm so happy to have these damn braces off. The technician who was taking the glue off my teeth, she was like, you know, a lot of people have braces and then they miss them. And I was like, nope, I had them before. This is my second round. I'm not going to miss these things. They were cute. I mean, they were gold. So they had like a standout feature, but they weren't overall very attractive. There was a reason I didn't smile in pictures. But baby, baby, now... You're going to see my whole 32 in every photo. I'm about to be like prize. There are certain things I'm not doing with my new teeth. I had old ways for the old teeth with the new teeth. These new straight foul teeth. There are certain activities I don't engage in with these new teeth. One of them is eating Indian food. Like at least until January, the orthodontist was like, yeah. She was like, even if you, you know, you eat Indian food, anything with curry. She was like, if you eat curry, Um, Even if you brush your teeth after, she was like, even if like you burp and she was like the curry remnant, she was like, they'll turn your retainer like a highlighter yellow. She was like, it's very unattractive. She was like, so I wouldn't recommend. And I was like, anything else? And she was like, no, that's pretty much it. I was like, okay. I did ask her because I got this retainer going across my back teeth at the bottom. I was like, I can still get a grill, Right. Which I was waiting for her to be like, Demetria, what? But apparently it's a really common question. And so she was like, yeah. She was like, if you go to like in any like halfway reputable place in L.A., they're used to like doing grills with retainers. And she was like, yeah, I made my own grill when I was in dental school. She was like, I lost it. She was like, I feel like I'm too old to have a grill now. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm older than you. Like if you could just get a grill. If you want a grill, get a grill. She was like, maybe. But I'm like way too excited. I'm like, Demetria, did you really go get braces for 10 months? just to put a grill in. It's not permanent. It's just for special occasions. When I go do hood rat shit with my friends, I like to wear a grill sometimes. I've always wanted one. I've never had one. So why not? But I'm quite happy to have these braces off. I've done absolutely nothing else since I've been back. Just like work, 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 work. I'm actually going out of town again tomorrow. So I had to get a bunch of stuff out of the way before I left because hopefully I won't have to work at all on this vacation. I need to sort out Um, my 2022 plans because there's a bunch of stuff like up in the air. Contracts not signed, checks not deposited. So, you know, it's a theory. It's not an application, but I need to figure out like what my life is about to look like. So hopefully I can sit on a beach and do that. I've watched some good TV that pissed me off. Queen Sugar is one of my favorite shows. Like I have faithfully watched this show. I have faithfully recapped this show in some form or fashion either on my Instagram or like my YouTube page that I had very briefly or on this podcast. These characters piss me off. It's usually Nova who I'm screaming at. But right now, it's Ralph Angel. Remember when the season first started and Ralph Angel was having these money problems? I was like, I see where this plot is going. He's going to run out of money. The farm is in jeopardy because of these payday loans. And all the family got a bunch of money except him. I told you the money that Ralph Angel needs is like Charlie's bag money. Like he ain't really breaking the bank to ask Charlie for anything. I said the plot was going to twist and he was going to ask Vi for money. That's what I thought. Turns out it's worse. These are good writers. These are very good writers. Because I thought the worst that could happen was he was going to have to swallow his pride and ask Vi. But that was just a bad case scenario. The worst case scenario is he doesn't swallow his pride And he decides to return to a life of crime to provide for his family instead of asking his family members who would gladly help him given the circumstances. I saw somebody on Instagram and they were like, look, sometimes you ask folks for the money. They want to remind you that you fell short and they had to come in and provide like it feels like they're, you know, holding you in prison. And I was like, look, feeling like you're being held in prison and actually being in prison are two different things. Ralph Angel, sorry ass. He's about to rob someplace and sat in the car and prayed to God to protect him as he robbed. And I was like, sir, sir, if it's come to that, maybe you shouldn't be robbing. Maybe you should allow your wife who was like, hey, I got this little stash of money I've been holding on to. Maybe we could use it because Lord knows we need it. And He was like, no, I don't want that money, sir. That's legal tender. That you ain't gotta rob nobody and be praying about not getting locked up again about. Man, need what, like 10,000? Maybe 20. Bag money. That's one of Charlie's Birkins. I'm so mad at Ralph Angel right now. And this is a testament to how good this show is that I am legit upset at a fictional character on a TV show. Like, legit. Like, I was yelling at the screen the other night. I'm so upset. Speaking of people who are upset for no goddamn reason. There's a George Floyd statue that's up in Union Square in New York. It was previously in Brooklyn. The statue has been defaced a second time. I didn't even know that it was up in Brooklyn. I heard about the statue being defaced, which unfortunately, when I was in New York, I went to Union Square and the statues had just gone up and I didn't know to just wander over into the park to take a look at them and see. I really did want to see them. There's one of George Floyd. There's one of Breonna Taylor. There's one of... Congressman and civil rights activist, John Lewis. So I wanted to see them, but didn't. But I heard about them because the George Floyd statue was defaced. Second time overall, first time at the Union Square location. And I think the statue had only been up like three days. They've got CCTV footage of somebody going by on a skateboard and splashing paint onto the statue, which... I didn't hear about the statues until the George Floyd one was defaced. But like, had I heard, I feel like my first reaction would have been like, I hope they're, I don't know, paintproof like the trains. I don't know. I easily saw that being defaced. Sorry that it happened. But I did see, though, that there was an organization that went to clean up the statues. And by the time they got there, a bunch of like random citizens, because it's New York. Had already started cleaning up the statues. They'd gone and bought supplies with their own money and were cleaning up the statues. And I was like, oh, I love New York. I told you about the guy at the Met who after the opera, he proposed to his girlfriend and he dropped the ring. And everyone pulled out their phones to like use the flashlight because it was dark to help him look for the ring. And then somebody found it in a grate. And then like people used their keys to like pull the grate up and get the ring out. And somebody else was like, redo the proposal. Like, I'll film it. I think that guy was a director. Very beautiful moment, but it was a very spontaneous thing. And I was like, I love New York. I love how this city comes together in a crisis. Oh, New York. I'm so enamored with New York right now. I thought I was very much over LA, but the last couple of days I've been hiking again. And like every time I get to the top of the Culver City stairs, which I do the trail, not the stairs, but same difference. I get to the top, God damn it. But like to look out at those views, like this city is so beautiful. And this weather is amazing. And I was like, you know, the weather in New York was very, very nice when I was there. But I was like, that's soon coming to an end. So as much as I'd be like, New York, New York, New York. I don't know if i will really be New York, New York, New York in December. I don't even have like a winter coat. I mean, I have like my North Face out here in case there's like, I don't know, I need to fly east for an emergency. But like I have no like real winter clothes anymore. Like I have like four sweaters. They've been sitting in a drawer since I moved here because I I don't need them. It never really gets that cold. I just, whatever I have on, I just put on a leather jacket and I'm fine. That said, an opportunity did fall in my lap. The potential for one, no contract, no check deposited. So it's just all theory right now. But I got a call about hosting a TV show and they're filming in a very cold place. And I was like, yo, I'm going to have to write in like a budget for a winter wardrobe into the contract because I was like, I don't have winter clothes. I don't know what I'm gonna wear. I don't know. But I was very excited about a winter wardrobe. Like I started looking at coats and I was like, oh, release the fabric. We'll see. <sighs> What's going on in good black news this week? Defacing a statue is not good black news. Netflix is establishing a scholarship at Howard University. In honor of Chadwick Bozeman, they are giving the university 5.4 American USD dollars and dineros for the scholarship, the Chadwick A. Bozeman Memorial Scholarship. It will provide incoming students in the Chadwick Bozeman College of Fine Arts with a four year scholarship to cover the full cost of university tuition. That's beautiful. I miss Chadwick Boseman. I, I, I say that like I know this man. That's my king. I miss my king. <sighs> I still be sad about Chadwick sometimes. You know, also I think about randomly Pop Smoke. Like very random occasions. Like not even like hearing his music or like seeing someone wear Dior. Like I just think about Pop Smoke and like what a tragedy it was that he was murdered at what, 20? I don't even think he was 21. But I always just think about like how how much potential he had and how young he was. It's so sad. And other good black news, now, remember we talked about Bruce Beach, Manhattan Beach, and this black family in the early 1900s and they'd established like a black beach club because the other beach clubs or the rest of the beach was racist toward black people and they were making a whole lot of money. And then the city of Manhattan Beach used eminent domain to take their property and pay them next to nothing. When we talked about it, there was momentum for them to get their land back. But as of last week, you know, that family got their damn land. I was shocked when I heard it. I was like, really? They got it. I mean, I wanted them to get it. I just, you know, knowing America how I do, I just didn't think that it would ever happen. But the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, he signed a law that allows the property to be transferred back to its rightful owners, the descendants of Willa and Charles Bruce, hence Bruce Beach, who had originally had Bruce Beach. I was so happy when I read that because I did not think it was going to happen. Like I wanted it to happen. Would it? Yeah. Could it? Possibly. Was it likely? Yeah. But I was so happy when I read that. I was like, good for these black folks. I'm very happy for them. Anthony Bruce, he's one of the descendants. He's 38. He's a great, great grandson of the original Bruce's. He called the property return, quote, a reckoning that has been long overdue. For me and the generations after, this would mean an inheritance and that internal security of knowing that I come from somewhere, that I come from a people. Damn. I'm reading from The Guardian, who did a really lengthy story about this. And they noted that this family, had they kept this land since 1912, over 100 years, it's a very lucrative property, and they probably all would be millionaires by now. And I think very often how like, we, America, the culture, talks about like the economic situation of black folks and, and the disparities between black folk and white folk. I always think about the, the head start. There's so many white families got that, that didn't have to endure slavery or segregation, Jim Crow, all sorts of systemic racism, you know, all the things that account for gross inequity. But I think about like this particular family, like in 1912, their family had had a little change and bought a little property and had a thriving business. And what could that business have become if white folks hadn't gone and wiped it out? Like, as the article points out, like you could have had a family of black millionaires. But you don't. But I think about that in terms of, I don't know, Tulsa or Chicago. When I was in Chicago, I went to an African-American museum. The name of it fails me. It's part of the Smithsonian. But there was an exhibit on a race riot. And it started because Chicago is very segregated. And there was basically a black beach section and a white beach section. And a black kid swam too far into the white section and people started throwing rocks at him and one of the rocks or some of the rocks hit him injured him and he was unable to continue swimming and drowned and so the black folks got pissed about it the police were called and black folks were like visibly angry in a way that this is what I was reading at the museum they were like black folks had really like taken a lot and they really didn't um organize and and fight back and show anger. So when the black folks got angry, white people got scared and it's like a preemptive move, ran to the south side of Chicago and started like burning shit up. Like when you hear about the Chicago race riot, like you think that something bad happened. Black people got pissed and rioted because that's usually how the story goes. And they were like, no, something bad happened. Black people were like, what the fuck? Like, do something. Like, this is unjust. And white people would be like, I was like, oh, they mad? They visibly mad? Oh, no, we won't have that. And then as a preemptive strike, went and started burning up black shit. But like, what could those communities have been if they didn't get burned down and have to rebuild? Like, all these places that white folks have attacked or all these places that black people have been like, fuck this shit and burned down in response to Usually some black person getting mistreated or murdered. I'm thinking of like the civil rights riots in Detroit, LA, D.C. What could those cities have been if if there was no imminent domain and like white folks went through and built a highway through like, you know, through black people's main street? What could those properties have been? What could those stores have been? What could those entrepreneurs have made if there wasn't, I was going to say white folk, but I guess I need to say racism. Same difference. But congratulations to the descendants of the Bruces. That never should have happened to y'all. But I'm glad, like, what, 100 years later, it got made right. Kinda. We had a bunch of bullshit on the lineup this week. Like, it's just one crazy story after the next. I read this on the YBF, and I was like, what? This black employee at Tesla was awarded... 6.9 million in damages for emotional distress, which is a lot of money, right? And then got another 130 million American USD dollars and dineros. I just want to be clear because it's not like 6.9 rupees. Like, no, no, no. 130 million American USD dollars and dineros and punitive damages. And so I had to go look up this story because I was like, what could happen to someone? Just to be clear, I'm not mad at the black man getting his money. I'm not mad. Get your money, black man. Get your money. Hope he married to a black woman and that goes to a black family. I, you were thinking it. You were thinking it. But I was like, what happened to this man? 6.9 is a lot of money. 130 million USD dollars and dineros is a lot of money. What could have happened at Tesla? that a jury would award that much money. So I had to go look up the story. Owen Diaz, he's a former contracted elevator operator who worked at the Tesla plant between 2015 and 2016. He says he was harassed daily and faced daily racial epithets, including the N-word. He also said employees drew swastikas and left racist graffiti and drawings around the plant. This man must have had receipts on top of receipts next to receipts to get this outcome. My God, that poor man. And he only worked there for a year? $137 million. Sir could live off the interest. He ain't never got to work again. Neither do the kids. If they manage that money halfway right, I hope they got a good accountant. But damn. In case you think this is a one-off situation, earlier this year, in May... In comparison to the story we just talked about, this sounds low, but it's not. Tesla had to pay more than $1 over similar allegations to another factory worker. This guy said co-workers called him racial slurs and supervisors ignored his complaints. Tesla got a goddamn problem. Tesla's public response, they gave it in response to Owen Diaz, the guy who had the case about what happened in 2015 and 2016. Tesla said, quote, we have come a long way from five years ago. Have you? Because you just paid out $1 million in May. He said, we continue to grow and improve in how we address employee concerns. Occasionally, we'll get it wrong. Occasionally? Or on a regular basis. And when that happens, we should be held accountable. Y'all got a problem with Tesla.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
0: And better news, because I feel like we're getting real bleak today. I don't want to be bleak. Damn it. No, we're still bleak. What's going on with Wendy? Wendy's show was supposed to return on October 4th, season 13 of her show. But right before it was supposed to come back, there was a statement posted to her Instagram, quote, Wendy will not be returning with new shows on October 4th. She has been and continues to be under a doctor's care and is still not ready to return to work. Now, there was talk that she had COVID. I'm reading this from page six. I know page six can be gossipy, but they do have good sources and do good journalism. Page six ran a story about me and hit me up to fact check and ask for a quote. I was like, are you serious right now? This was over the Instagram announcement when I, um, when I was separated from my husband. I was like, page six is running this shit? Are you kidding me? you know, I got issues. People be like, sure, you're a celebrity. And I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? You sound nuts. And then like, I go places and people start like shaking and crying in the street. And I'm like, wait, I literally had a revelation on Sunday. My, um, what is he? Him. He drove me to the airport and, um, I had this whole like meltdown and I was like, yo, I think I might be like a celebrity. <laughs> and he was like, today you had this revelation today." Not like, I don't know, 10 years ago, (laughs) I was like, no, like, it's just, no, it's not. And I was like, I'm not. Cause like I have friends that have like millions of followers on Instagram. Like it's no, like, it's not like they're on like TV shows and no, it's not. And he was like, yeah, like, You write books. You've been on TV shows. You're like a contributor on CNN and Good Morning America. Like you executive produce films. You have a podcast. It's like in the iTunes top 200 in the whole country. Like you, you don't think maybe possibly? No, just today? Maybe? I was like, when you put it like that, okay, maybe I'm like a C-list celebrity. I don't know. That shit's weird. Even just saying it out my mouth sounds weird. I'm just a whole sidebar. I'm sorry. But this podcast became super popular during the pandemic. And so I haven't really been outside outside until like, I don't know, a couple months ago to like gauge people's reactions to me. If there was one, I know what the reactions are to the podcast because of the numbers. But like the reaction to me, I wasn't expecting. But like when I was out and about in New York, which is still like my largest market, like I was like, oh, shit. Like, people were, like, freaking out. And I was like, oh, who's here? Like, I'm looking around. Like, who, 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 who are we looking at? And I was like, oh, shit. They, like, running towards me. That's wild. It's, and it's different. It's different from when I was on TV or, like, the books or even, like, the YouTube stuff. Because that would go viral. But, like, this is very different. Like, I'm not mad at it. It's just new. Work with me. I know people are like, "Dimitri it's been 10 years. Are you fucking kidding me? It takes some people longer to accept things than others. Stay with me. Him was like, you're on the Ebony 100. (laughs) I was like, are you making a point? Speaking of the Ebony 100, we're going to circle back to Wendy, I promise, right? So I sent the Ebony 100 link to my dad and I was like, hey, I'm on the Ebony 100. My dad writes back and he was like, yeah, I always wanted to be on the Ebony 100. And he was like, you know, basically good job. So I was talking to my dad earlier today because, you know, I talk to him like every day. I asked him, I was like, you know, I haven't gotten an invite to the Ebony 100 yet. Like, I, I formally, there's, there's been no formal invite. I assume I'm invited because I'm on the list, right? So I asked my dad, and I was like, well, do you want to go with me to this thing? Because you said you always wanted to be on the list, and so you could be my plus one. You'll be my date for the event. And so he was like, yeah, like, that would be great. He was like, you know, let me figure out, you know, if I could pull it off. So I was like, all right, fine. Then my dad goes on to tell me, and he was like, you know, I never made the Ebony 100. He was like, I really did want that, though. He was like, I only made the, um, The Ebony Bachelor. I said, excuse me? And he was like, yeah, I was one of the the hottest bachelors in the nation in Ebony. And I was like, I vaguely remember this story. So I was like, what year were you the Ebony Bachelor? Because this is fascinating information. He was like, oh, 1976. I said, sir, that's the year you got married. I said, how are you going to be the Ebony Bachelor when you got a whole wife? Like, that's not right. And he was like, no, 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 no. My parents met and got married in the same year. They just celebrated their 45th anniversary. They are a testament to like, when you know, you know. So he was like, no, like I did the interview. We did the photo shoot. And he was like, by the time the issue ran, I met your mom. But he was like, nah, I wasn't, I wasn't out there like that. And I was like, good. Cause I was like, your story was a little fugazi. It was sound a little, a little suspect. And he was like, nah, 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 and I was like, all right. All right, daddy about to be in trouble like 45 years later but that's not the point the point is is I want Wendy to come back I hope Wendy's okay sometimes the way that I talk about things like sounds like very flippant but I genuinely hope Wendy's okay and I think when I spoke about this before I was like look I don't always agree with Wendy but like I want Wendy to come back so I can like you know disagree with her another good time I don't want Wendy down on her health or her luck or anything else Wendy be on my nerves sometimes but I like Wendy Sometimes I'd be like, I'm so sick of Wendy. But then as soon as some wild shit happened, I'd be like, ooh, I wonder what Wendy about to say about that. That was the story last week. Yesterday, this is also on page six. They ran an update on this story. They were talking about this Nick Cannon show possibly replacing Wendy's show, which is very ironic because you remember, I think the idea of Nick Cannon getting his own show was because he did so well the last time Wendy was sick. Nick Cannon was one of the hosts, And he did like an amazing job. Like everyone loved Nick Cannon. So people were like, oh, like Nick Cannon should have a show. But Nick Cannon's been talking a lot about his show. He's been promoting his show. Lord knows. You know what? Let me stop. Because I was about to say, Lord knows he needs a job because he has all these kids. But let me acknowledge. Let me acknowledge that Nick Cannon stays with a job. And let me acknowledge again his celibacy, which, you know, it probably should have came sooner. But better late than never. I appreciate the measures that he is taking to practice better penis management. I talk about people when when they fucking up. I also want to talk about people when they doing right. I like to have some fair and balanced coverage. But according to page six, executives have been talking. This is from an anonymous source. They say they're keeping a close eye on Williams recovery and hoping for the best, but they've pushed back her show premiere several times. And so they're already thinking of a backup plan. So Nick Cannon is their backup plan. He has a major platform and a huge fan base. So it's an easy win. So this article still says that Williams is battling health issues. They also have a quote from someone that's just like, honestly, Wendy's just over it. She's over the talk show. It's been 13 seasons. The show is only set to air through the 21, 22 season. And there's no decision beyond that, but she could very well walk away. I want Wendy to be in good health. Wendy got coin, even though she had to run her ex-husband a whole lot of coin. I know that hurt. I know that hurt. But Wendy has good coin. If Wendy don't want to do this shit no more, then Wendy shouldn't do it. Wendy should find out what else she wants to do. or, or, Or maybe Wendy just becomes like a lady of leisure. Maybe she becomes a philanthropist. Maybe she rests on her laurels. But I want Wendy to be okay. Wendy's had hard times. I want Wendy to have good times again. Last but not least, we talked about this briefly last week. When I was in New York... When I was walking around, I kept seeing the covers of, um, I guess, like the Daily News or the New York Post. There was this explosive article about racism in the New York Fire Department. And I don't know why I was shocked. Like, I should never, like, I mean, we live in America. I should never be shocked when racism pops up somewhere. But I have been having good and warm feelings about firefighters, particularly the FDNY, after watching all that coverage of 9-11. Like the firefighters, they lost so many people. Like there were all these stories of just like acts of, of heroism that I wouldn't have done. I'm not running toward the burning building. I'm not running up 80 flights of stairs, even without carrying anything. That's never gonna happen. I mean, I'll do it on a stairmaster, but I'm not doing it for like, you know, life saving, maybe to save my own life, but to go save others. I'm just letting you know who I am. Maybe to save my child or a family member. But then I also would be like, what's your ass doing up there? Why you didn't follow me when I ran? Still, I had warm feelings toward the firefighters. I watched that Spike Lee documentary, which um, talked to a lot of the black firefighters. I don't think I realized there were that many black firefighters in the FDNY. If you've not seen the, the Spike Lee documentary, on, um, it's on HBO Max. But it's about everything from 9-11 to coronavirus. Actually, it's mostly about New York City. But they had a really good segment on, like, black firefighters, including women, as firefighters. But I had been having these warm feelings towards firefighters until I saw these headlines. And one of the quotes, I want to say, from the fire commissioner was like, yeah, like, we failed at our job, which is what made me pay attention. And I was like, well, what did they do? What could it be? So I went and pulled up this story from the New York Times They did this expose on the FDNY and it's rampant racism. Rampant. Again, should not be surprised by the existence of racism in any institution, especially in America. But this, like the stuff that they're talking about in this article is such wild shit. I'm just like, did y'all want to get sued? But again, we're fresh off talking about like the Tesla guy who they were calling like a nigga at work. So I should not be surprised. And yet this New York times article, they talk about a firefighter, his fellow cadets at the Academy. So he's just trying to get on. They nicknamed him Kool-Aid. He chose not to escalate the issue at the time because black firefighters had warned him that speaking up about racism went against the culture of the New York fire department. And again, I just want to be clear. I'm reading from the New York times. It's a really long article with a whole lot of examples. I'm not going to read them all, but just to give you the gist of the crazy shit. Another active black firefighter who asked not to be named out of fear of retribution. He shared an image of a white colleague's social media profile. There's one meme on the page that shows an image of a white man being smothered by a naked black woman. The meme reads, this man can't breathe, but you won't see that on the news. There was a woman, Black Regina Wilson, she joined the department in nineteen ninety nine She said she remembered a noose being found in a black colleague's gear. She also learned of firehouses that used toilet paper printed with the face of president Bar- printed with the face of forever President Barack Obama and had pictures on display that depicted him as a monkey. Here's where we get good. the crazy shit for a half hour window last April. Black firefighters had an unfiltered view into the racism in their department. A secret anonymous text message thread between a group of white firefighters was leaked to those who had been intentionally excluded. It included overly racist memes, comments, and jokes about George Floyd's death. And one meme, a Sesame Street character refuses a salary when becoming a police officer, because quote, being able to legally shoot black children is payment enough. Elsewhere, participants in the chat compared black people to wild animals before another person responded, wild animals behave better. There was another image. It showed a fake image of a dating profile for George Floyd. His match was a white man's knee. This is some bullshit. According to the Times, the fire department suspended Nine firefighters without pay for periods ranging from a few days to six months. One of the firefighters is set to leave the department after his suspension concludes. The spokesman for the fire department said that these punishments are the most severe discipline ever handed down in the history of the department. Um, that's it. The Times notes that black firefighters feel that the FDNY, quote, fell far short of addressing what they see is deeply rooted problems in a department that has struggled for decades to improve its culture and that leaders acknowledge has tolerated racism, sexism and harassment. That's crazy. I'm wondering though, like where's, where's the 137 million for these workers? Cause this shit is crazy. I mean, not to say that what happened to the guy at Tesla was any less crazy with old sir over there, Mr. Diaz. They look up and see if Mr. Diaz is single, cause Mr. Diaz is sitting on a lot of money. I was like, sir, I could Marjorie Harvey the hell out of your life. But where's where's the payout for these people? Where's where's the coins? Cut the chat. Cut the chat. Where where are the coins for these people? For their pain and suffering. That's that's wild. That's wild. All right, boys and girls and them and they. That's our episode for today. I'll be back next week. At least I'll be back on the podcast. I won't be back in the country. But I'll be back. All right. We'll talk again soon. Have an awesome weekend. You know the rules. Do wild shit. Just don't post it on the internet. Or don't complain about people being in your business if you do. I'm just saying. If you haven't picked up your Don't Waste Your Pretty merch, it's available on DemetriaLLucas.com. There are mugs, there are tees, there are hoodies, and the new merch, it drops in October. Coming soon. Coming soon. All right. That's everything. We'll talk again next week. Okay. Bye.